Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Working for a Living Blog Talk Radio Show, where we present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by Dave Fillion, who will cover uh, the uh, Chrysler um, uh, investment matter in the United States. Uh, uh, We do have a few announcements. Let me cover those first. Um, Wow. Let's have a moment of silence for the innocent men, women, and children who lost their lives in in the Nice, France massacre, but also in a late addition today, you all know that we had another shooting in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana, and I believe three police officers at last count have been uh, killed and six injured. So please let us have a moment of silence for all of these people. Thank you very much. Our hearts and prayers go out to and our thoughts are out to the friends, families, co-workers, everybody involved with this. It's getting to be a weekly event. Uh, number two, uh, the Honeywell uh, workers remain locked out of the plant by management. We continue to look for a strategy to emanate from Solidarity House in dealing with this rogue corporation. So uh, not seeing much from the, the UAW. Uh, third announcement, the uh, Supreme Court has de- declined to hear two separate petitions for writ of certiorari. Uh, that's the, the writ that they apply to the Supreme Court to be heard, so that everybody knows. Uh, uh, letting stand the six court, six circuit court court decisions that all private in- employers, including Indian-owned casinos, must abide by the National Labor Relations Act. The U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals covers Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee. The two petitions in question came from the Saginaw and Little River tribes of Michigan. Uh, The other announcement we had, uh, congratulations to brothers and sisters in Toledo that build the Jeep. Uh, Chrysler uh, now owns the Jeep uh, uh, manufacturing facility, Uh, but it was founded on July 15th, uh, and this is their 75th anniversary on last Friday. So congratulations to the brothers and sisters and the the Chrysler Company and their employees everywhere uh, for this um, milestone anniversary. Okay, we have one email uh, from Herb in Florida. Thank you, Herb, for being such uh, a diligent writer. this comment is, will these massacres ever end? One a week is beginning to get a bit much. Thank you, Herb. We all feel the same way, and we had another one since your email came in, so we're saddened by that. Uh, let me bring on our co-host tonight uh, is uh, David Fillion. David, welcome. Hey, hey, Leroy. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. We're... Uh, Having a pretty good day here in mid-Michigan. You know, it's moderate, uh, a little bit humid, but uh, nothing like the 90 degrees we've been having. It's around 75 or so, maybe a little higher. But, uh, you know, it's it's a nice day. Uh, as Tell you know, the humidity is uh, beginning to ratchet up here where I'm at. 
Um, yeah. We got start, a pretty good, we got a pretty good storm moving in over the night. Um, yeah. But, uh, well, you know, we certainly needed was here in Mid Michigan. Yeah, we certainly needed here in Mid Michigan. It's been the driest June. We uh, were one of the driest Junes, maybe the third on record. Uh, so it, it, the farmers are really uh, liking to see a little of this rain. That's for sure. And of course, mm-hmm. you know the corn doesn't look pot, good. Yeah, corn the doesn't population. Look <laughs> yeah, yeah. The plant population keeps growing, so you know we're dependent on these these farmers to you know continue to get us the food that's, you know that we all require. So, uh, uh, so. Uh, uh, David, we have another uh, host here, or another co-host. I believe we have Roberta on. I just want to say hi to Roberta real quick. Uh, she's going to be with us this evening. Um, not sure how long because she's her schedule's kind of tight. Hi, Roberta. Welcome. Hi, Leroy. How are you? Um, good. You heard of our weather report here in Mid Michigan. How's it? How is it up there in the uh, northern? Uh, New York area. Up there. I know you were in Niagara Falls earlier today. Yeah, I was in Niagara uh, Falls earlier, and it was um, pretty nice, about 81 degrees and a nice breeze. It wasn't too hot. Yeah. Dry, though. We have some yeah. alerts Did going you? on in some of the areas, um, dr- um, a drought, oh. um, um, not using too much water. They don't want us to use too much of um, water, watering plants or anything like that. We have some um, restrictions going on up here. Okay. Wow. That's that's interesting because you literally live between two of the Great Lakes. No. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> well, you know, close enough to the two of them, you know, on Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. That's Lake Erie, that's the area of the Tonawanda plant and of course Niagara Falls is there and and uh yeah. and obviously Roberta lives in that area. So, um uh, did you get any pictures with the falls behind you to make us all green with envy today? I'm sorry. I did not do that. I was over visiting my mom, my 90-year-old mom, um, oh. getting her set up with the medical alert system. Okay. So well, I didn't get a nice chance to go to the falls. Yeah. You're the good, you're the good daughter. That's nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, thank you for being with us tonight, Roberta. And, and uh, just jump in whenever you might have a comment on any of the issues. There'll be uh, a couple here. And uh, um, I think David's prepared to talk about the uh, the Chrysler uh, investment in the United States. They say a billion dollars and seven hundred million in the uh, Toledo area. So go ahead, David. Take it away. Okay. Um, good to hear from you, Roberta. Glad to have you on with us tonight. Hi, David. Um, how you doing? Good. Um, yeah, we got uh, news on the 14th that uh, FCA will be um, investing $1 billion in the United States. Um, that'll be split. Um, they're going to be uh, moving the Jeep Cherokee from Toledo to Belvedere, Illinois Assembly Plant. And that'll be an investment there of $350 million. And... Uh, they claim create 300 jobs. And then uh, in uh, Belvedere, um, they'll be uh, using $700 million of which will go... Oh, the $700 million goes to the Toledo complex. And uh, 
The rest of the money, $350 million, will go to create the jobs in Belvedere. Excuse me. Had them figures backwards. Um, the company uh, will also get um, help from uh, the city of Toledo. Um, $5 million to prepare land near the Toledo assembly plant. Um, they'll also receive... Uh, money from the city for roadway funds, 825000 um, That represents a 25 match to the state of Ohio road funds. Approximately 375000 of these dollars may be used to replace and reconstruct portions of Chrysler Drive and the city-owned portion of Expressway Drive. The balance will be available for um, necessary signalization costs and at Stickney Road and improvements west of Stickney Road across from the assembly complex. Um, as you were saying, um, yeah, they've been down there 75 years. Um, we do um, have, uh, um, I guess, an opinion from a worker there um, in Toledo. It's real... He's not real happy about this move of the uh, Cherokee to Belvedere, um, claiming it's all smoke and mirrors, and in the end they'll lose 70,000 units of production if they can manage to double Wrangler sales. Um, they're not looking, um, they're not happy that they're losing um, the best-selling product, which is the Cherokee to the Belvedere plant. Um he guesstimates that uh, their loss of jobs there will be in the thousands. So I hope that isn't the case for them. Um, so um, that's about what I've got on that, Leroy. Okay, for David. The, uh, um, investment. Yeah, I, uh, I you know, I, I watch these big dollar, high dollar investments over the years, and of course we've seen. Uh, these in the Flint area where they build a new motor plant for $150 million. And they were asked in two, uh, when, when they'd open, I think it was 2011, uh, how many new jobs that would create. And they said zero, no new jobs. So a lot of times these dollars, and that was a General Motors facility, by the way, uh, a lot of times these high-dollar investments, you know, really aren't what they seem to be. As you know, David, here in uh, our Lansing area, the yeah. uh, corporation, General Motors, uh, built a logistics center adjunct to the uh, assembly plant, and this now stages in most of the products, the parts and modules, etc. and uh, those folk make a lot less money. They actually work for GM Subsystems, LLC, and uh, it's a completely different entity uh, where they can siphon off more profit and show it in other ways uh, so it doesn't show up in the, the GM book, if you will. That'll but, make an interesting uh, show in the, in the future. Um, right. They just, they've taken a page out of the Ray Kroc uh, book uh, finance, and he was the found, one of the co-founders of McDonald's, and 
we'll tell that story in the future and, and liken it to the GM Subsystems LLC and how money gets siphoned off by those entities uh, like like that. So, and, you know, that was quite an investment to put the uh, logistics center up. Uh, we have more uh, uh, investment that's gone on, I think $530 million into the Delta plant, and it remains to be seen if GM subsystems will be a part of that complex or not. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But obviously those people, make they, they no longer work for General Motors. They work for a completely different company, and they make uh, quite a bit less money uh, as an entry-level amount, and they really don't have a high dollar uh, anywhere near the normal General Motors uh, rate just north of uh, $30 an hour at this time. That's the high end. Uh, so I, I, when I see these, I just am a little skeptical in, personally, in my opinion. I, I just want to see if they all, all of these jobs actually remain under the FCA umbrella or if they spin them off into some uh, subsidiary uh, that's adjunct. You know, we have six of these plants or other companies down in the Lake Orion facility that are adjunct to the uh, uh, main uh, assembly plant. They have a three-foot-wide line between the two. They, it's like they're saying, this is a, you're not allowed to cross that. That's another company over there uh, between the two yep. companies. And uh, LLC it's just an interesting... And Oakland. Right, right. Yep. LLC uh, and Oakland Right. I'm not familiar with all the names. Uh, obviously, those are, are two of them. Uh, GM Subsystems LLC and, and Oakland Stamping, but uh, there uh, there there are uh, I think six, including the main uh, General Motors. But there's six companies involved, uh, so five sub uh, subsidiaries uh, around them. Uh, and that you know this is not not good for you know high wage uh, employment, and it's another way of suppressing wages. So that's really uh, a, a problem. I I share the brother in. Toledo's uh, uh, concerned that they're going to lose work, but how are they going to lose it? Uh, you know, are they going to lose it in addition to that thousands, a little over a thousand jobs that he's uh, forecasted they they lose? And this is somebody that's pretty well connected in that that organization down there. So uh, that's a pretty well, good maybe, forecast. Maybe if he's listening tonight, he can uh, come on the show and give us some insight. Well, uh, it's possible, you know, or, or email us. You know, I don't have that email open at the moment, but we'll we'll get that uh, opened up in case you send something in. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, it's you know, regardless if he does or doesn't, it's still uh, suspect because he's talking about a direct loss. But what about the indirect? If they set up one of these subsidiaries and and put people in there making a lot less money, we have to be ever vigilant of the shenanigans of corporate America these days. They really do not have the interest of the working man and sister, our brothers and our man and woman, our brothers and sisters uh, at heart. They could care less, you know. And in the end, in a, in a, 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 in a purest uh, sense, there's capital, corporations, labor, of course, all of us workers, and then enterprise. When we come together, we we have enterprise, and and both parties are supposed to benefit equally. 
in this, not just one-sided like it's been here for the last couple of decades. This is just wrong. Uh, you know, we can point back to the, you know, the Powell Memorandum of 1971 uh, when this really started to, to uh, change. Uh, and so we'll we'll get into that a little more in the next few weeks as well. But uh, we we got to stop this wage suppression and all of these smoke and mirrors, as I'll quote the, the brother that wrote that, the smoke and mirrors that are going along with these high-dollar investments and how they are using these high-dollar investments to further suppress wages and penalize some plants for their actions because this, this particular cheap plant really turned, or one of the first to turn down the contract, and they did it like, you know, 78% uh, no vote in the beginning, something like that. And so it's, uh, it, you know, they're targeted for that. So having said all of that, uh, Roberta, do you have any, any thoughts on what we just, uh, what David covered and I mentioned a little bit about? No, not only is it a, um, I just wanted to mention, not only is it an economic loss to the, you know, putting the lower tier people into the system, but it also creates conflict. Um, a lot of conflict going on when they're doing the same work and uh, getting different wages over a long period of time. So that's one of the things that I don't know what we can do as an organization, as a union, to help. But um, that's a big problem in the plant, the conflict among um, the diversity of the membership now. Yeah. Th- thank you, thank you, Roberta. We, we have... Uh, talked about that and and there's an economic argument to be made to make all employees they could have done it this past contract make all the the members and and their employees and our members uh tier one uh for about i believe it was around 300 million they could have done that uh and uh, of course they had nine billion dollars north of $9 billion in profits, and that's just the General Motors. Uh, you know, so they, they could have easily spent that little bit of money and, and uh, sort of uh, equalize the role between capital and labor in our enterprise endeavor between us. And they better start getting their head wrapped around that because we're going to, you know, the current administration is allowing corporations to define who and what our union is, but that's about to end because if there's a new administration and working for a living is a part of that or all of it, that's simply going to change. We're not going to stand by and allow corporations to define us as a union any longer. So everybody needs to start wrapping their head around that corporations, the current union leadership, and the, and the rank-and-file members who will be voting to remove the current union leadership in uh, 22 months. So uh, that's uh, almost a foregone conclusion at this point. They might as well pack their bags and uh, say their goodbyes now because they're not going to be there. The current UAW leadership is going to be supplanted, and that's just simply going to happen. We are done allowing corporations to take advantage of our membership and having two, three, four, five tiers of people 
in these plants. It's just simply going to stop. And all of these subsystems are going to be brought back under the umbrella. We're going to ask that they resource the work because it's cost us money as a union. Our members taking money right out of their hands because they lost control of the quality of these parts coming in. You've seen it time and time again, not, not the least of which cost number of lives over this uh, key system that they had uh, and the, the, the uh, uh, ignition switch. So that money is money that's been taken right out of our members' hands. And the first-time quality, around 80%, is just deplorable, and the scrap that's coming because of this, low, this inferior product that's been delivered to the plant is just unacceptable. We need to resource those jobs, and we need to repatriate some jobs that have been sent out of this country that are sending back low-quality work. You know, we're, we're hearing about the airbag situation. There's a number of other things that are out there in the, in the mill that are, on, you know, coming up to the fore yet again. Uh, so we're going to see that uh, the uh, government's going to get involved yet again on some of these issues. And at some point, the government's going to get tired of it and start putting some of these executives in jail. So uh, that's, you know, a very good point, Roberta, about the disgruntled, folk and, and how these uh, uh, members, our, our brothers and sisters, have to deal with somebody right next to them making almost twice what they make. It's just simply not fair at all. Yeah, not, not in the least fair at all. Uh, and there's argument to be made that it actually violates the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution. Uh, but we and have been unable to address that because of the court systems being so jaded and slanted against us as workers. But that's all about to change. It is. Believe me, we're going to change this one bite at a time is how we're going to eat this elephant. And every week when you listen to this show, you're getting new information regarding this. So thank you, Roberta, for, for that really good input. We really appreciate it. Thank you, David, yeah, for that I just report. Answer that, Leroy. I wanted to. Yeah, I just wanted to say that us workers that are making the higher wages have to recognize that the person next to us is making a lower wage. So when we talk about things, just simple things, family things that we take for granted, some of those things they can't afford. They can't afford a home. Okay, they can't afford a a car or maybe a two-car household. They can't afford those things. So what we take naturally is something, you know, being a middle-class um, American, we take it for granted these people working next to us, you know, do not enjoy those same comforts. So we have to be, you know, um, sensitive to the people that we're working with and realize that they're not, you know, they barely make enough to pay for their rent and their car and support a family. That's a good point. They, yeah, they don't have the discretionary money that a lot of the the, the tier ones uh, have at this time. You know, they, some of them are moving up, but it's real slow. Some of these temporaries have been there for 12, reportedly 12 years, temporary. <laughs> That's a third of your career. How can that be 
possibly be fair in a first-tier industrial environment. You know, in your own state, Roberta, at least we forget, minimum wage is $15 an hour now, and the entry-level wage at General Motors, according to the 2015 agreement for a temporary worker, is $15.40. That's just unacceptable that our wages have been suppressed to minimum wage levels. And nearly, as the uh, California and New York has increased the, their minimum wage to, to $15, a number of other states are talking 12 and $13 increases to the 12 and $13 uh, rate. And those are, you know, middle-of-the-country states that I just read about, you know. So I'm not prepared to quote exactly which ones, but I did read that. So, uh, and some of these candidates that are bandying some of their rhetoric out there are saying the same thing. Uh, so we, we've really got to take take uh, a look at the, these corporations and, and how much cash. They're just flush with cash, and they have not taken care of these young workers that are coming in, and that's simply wrong. And we need to not at least we forget our retirees where they're trying to cut again, <laughs> trying to cut this Pension Protection Act language. We do have appeal in on that uh, because they allowed people to vote that shouldn't be voting, uh, not part of the pension plan uh, that we're voting on this. And there needs to be um, a uh, 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 a change in in that policy. Uh, You know, they, they, in that, their answer to us, just digress a little bit on that appeal. And Roberta, you're very familiar with this, but I'll, I'll just, you know, talk about it a minute uh they they said that the appellants are trying to bifurcate the system in other words make two categories when we ask for separate uh ratification of these uh and these issues regarding the pension plan and the regular contract but yet and still the uh international union in 2007, when they took away health care and pensions for reti- health care and retirement and pensions from these two-tier, second-tier uh, workers, members, uh, they bifurcated the system. And I, th- I find it very disingenuous from the international union to make such a statement that as a result of their uh, inability to rectify it if they're going to make such a change to call us and charge us with bifurcating the system when they themselves bifurcated the wages, the health care and retirement, and the pensions, cut wages in half, removed health care for retirement, and eliminated pensions for these young workers, the same workers that we're talking about in this this appeal that's uh, ongoing at the international level actually at the uh, public review board at this time. So uh, we hope that that's successful and uh, we move forward trying to protect uh, that. And if we had a vote, I believe the uh, active workers who are in the pension plan would see the injustice of the Pension Protection Act being placed in our contract and vote that down and have that removed before they, they allow a yes vote. So. We still have an opportunity to protect these pensions, so it's. Uh, that, I know that's an aside and was not on our agenda tonight, but 
having said that. Uh, so Dennis thank Williams you, Roberta. Go ahead. And Dennis Williams can correct that at the convention um, first thing. Um, uh, he, he, he's not he, going to be in charge. The, the, after the gavel goes down, he's not going to be in charge anymore. Nor is there their new person. So we'll we'll correct it at convention. Just want to make sure that everybody understands that as soon as as soon as the convention starts, things are going to change. As soon as the gavel falls to call the order, things will change. And they will no longer be in power. We, working for a living, will be in power. We'll take over and we will correct the wrongs that have been going on for far too long in our union by people that are functioning above their ability. They need to go. It's like one lady just wrote in her own union Facebook page. Do I have to tie a pork chop around my neck to get their attention? That's a quote. And the answer is, a pork chop's not enough for these pork choppers. Not even close to enough. So, uh, thank you, David, for your input. You know, so, I'm, 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 as you guys know, and late, you know, all of our team knows, brothers and sisters, you know, I'm not going to sit still and allow this to continue. And I believe each and every one of our team feels the exact same way. We are sick and tired of being sick and tired of this current leadership. They have got to be supplanted. They need to go. Put people in there that are qualified to run this union because they're not. Anyhow, enough said about that. David, do you have any more input on your issue, on Roberta? Anything else on that issue? Nope. I don't know nope. on the Chrysler issue at all. No. Nope. Um, that pretty okay. much covered it. Okay, thank you. Roberta? No, I do not. Okay, thank you, Roberta. Uh, you know, I, I don't mean to be so, you know, just intense about this, but I'm, I'm, I know all of us have seen enough of this going on, and and uh, it just needs to stop. When when you take and attack retirees the way you've done, somebody said Dennis Williams was one of the best UAW presidents of all time. When they find out what he put, when the tr- people truly understand what he put in this pension and this last agreement reg- the, re- regarding retirees, the Pension Protection Act of 2006 is now in black letter print in our agreement. And the slightest conviction constriction of the marketplace where the money is at the stock market and the bonds etc slightest constriction will take us below the 80 percent funding threshold and pensions will be cut by 50 percent that man is nowhere near the best president ever of the UAW in fact he is the Un, you know, unmitigated worse and I'm, I'm that's really going a lot to say because Bob King was pretty bad this man is the worst president of this union of all time he and his team from top to bottom need to go so uh, 
haven't said that. Uh, that that's, by the way, that's done at the Constitutional Convention. So, well, we're about uh, 7.30 and we're halfway through the show. Um, uh, Roberta, do you have anything uh, that you want to cover at all this evening? Um, no, we're we're going through. Um, we're still going through elections at um, in our area due to the attrition, um, and a lot of our um, bargaining committee people retired. So we're going through elections, and um, next week we'll probably summing up a lot of our elections. And I I understand you spoke about um, you know the process to. Uh, gave the, the the listeners some insight on what to look for um, on your election committee. So next week, probably be talking about something concerning um, election issues. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I I know that you know you have some election issues that you're very concerned about. Your your membership should be very concerned about at your local. Uh, but we'll cover those next week. Uh, but thank you for your for that input. Uh, having said that, I, I did want to cover real briefly, well, not briefly, a little bit about the election committee itself uh, and the importance of the election committee, how, you, how it functions and how you get to be a member of the election committee and how difficult that process is. And so even though Roberta's talked about elections ongoing now, these are not the general elections for her local. I believe those are a three-year cycle, and those will come up uh, in 2017. Is that not correct for your local, Roberta? you have your general elections then? Yes, it's 2017, yes. So these are interim elections due to retirement. Right, okay, thank you. uh, pardon me just a second. I have, maybe I don't. I was going to sneeze, but I guess we're good. Uh, uh, so having said that, uh, you know, the general elections, uh, before that they occur, and the big cycle comes in 2017, a few plants had them this year in 2016, uh, and the uh, the election committee in the general election year, in the year of the general election, is typically formed sometime in January and February. It typically takes two meetings. Uh, they have nominations. Uh, everybody can campaign if they choose to. And the next union meeting, they uh, elect them. And they serve for uh, typically a three-year term or until the next general election for their local union. Uh, So having said that, uh, in order to become an election committee member, you would go to the union meeting that they are holding nominations January or February of the general election cycle. And then you would place your name in nomination. Either you or one of your friends can do that, uh, your brothers and sisters. Not just somebody you bring in. It has to be by a union brother or sister. And that depends on your local union bylaws, how that occurs. Uh, But then once you're nominated, then you can campaign amongst the people that typically go to a union meeting and ask they 
support and vote for you. Uh, now, the administrative caucus, okay, the, the folks in power are going to have their own slate for the elections committee. And they're going to ask all of the people beholding to appointment or elected position to vote for the slate from the administrative caucus. Whatever that caucus that's in charge in your own local union, they will ask, they will have a slate and they will ask everybody and they'll apply pressure, the president and vice president, chairperson, financial secretary, you know, uh, recording secretary, those who are in leadership, they will apply pressure by and large to the folk that they have on a slate for elections committee. They'll have a chairperson selected that gets uh, uh, chosen after the election occurs from within the uh, the committee itself. That's typically how that's done. But again, that varies from local union to, to local union depending on your bylaws. But that's how it's happened in four local unions that I was a member at throughout the course of the years uh, so far. And uh, so there will be a nomination period and then there will be election the next month. Obviously, the administrative caucus is going to have a slate of people they want to be elected. So if you truly want to be elected on the election committee and you want to take control of that process that's been fraught with voter, uh, uh, let's just call it, uh, uh, it's been very concerning to everybody, the voting process, okay? Uh, one little problem that we've had is where they vote at the hall and in the plant. And then there's no communication, electronic communication between the two sites, and two people or a person could vote in both spots, often going undetected. Uh, so it's rather interesting that that occurs and if caught, uh, they, they pull out a ballot and say, that's how we'll rectify it. And that's been reported in one of the unions in Flint as their rectification. Uh, so there are some problems. And if you want to see those changed, what you need to do is get a handful of folk, brothers and sisters, to come along and put your name in nomination at the, the meeting. Okay, you only need a few people to go to that to, to get yourself nominated. And when they vote on the election committee, the next meeting, that's when you need to stack the union hall with supporters of your own because the administrative caucus, those in power, are going to get everybody they can to vote for their election committee so that they don't steal any more elections. And I've heard people say, I know a dozen ways to steal an election. Okay. If you want to prevent that, you need to take control of the election committee. And at the second meeting, you need to have enough people there, plus one, to get your slate voted in. And that's how you take control of the election committee. And then within the election committee, depending on local bylaw, you would then uh, select a chairperson for your committee. 
And now in the, the new day, you're all given a handbook and some training on how elections are supposed to be held. And then you can assure that you have open, fair, free, democratic elections in your local union. And we won't have any more of the shenanigans like are being appealed at Local 600 at the Ford plant in Michigan here. So uh, you really do need, we as a union really do need to take over the election committee. It is very important element of regaining control of our union. And that's how you do it. And then once empowered, then you conduct the elections on the general election and you will conduct the elections a year later in 2018 for the Constitution Convention delegates. And it's imperative that you do this without influence from anyone else. So having said that, uh, we'd like for you, the membership, to consider running for election committee, uh, uh, running for the election committee, and then taking control to assure fair, free, open, democratic elections. Uh, so that's how the election committee works, that process. It's um, one of the most important elections that we have in our union. And if you can, at each of your locals, take the initiative to run for that, get your brothers and sisters at that second meeting when the election's actually held, get them to that, and have enough vote to get elected. That's the first step in taking control of our union. It's, again, one of the most important positions in our union. And notice the local union level. And it's not elected plant-wide. It's elected at the union meeting. So having said that, Roberta, you're a former trustee of your local union and a very strong activist. Do you have anything else to add to that? No, I think you you covered it pretty well. There is a um, book that can be ordered uh, in the education department with the UAW on the conduct of the election committees. And I think that's free of charge. I don't know if they charge or not for the book. Okay, thank you. Where do you order uh, that from, Roberta? Pardon me? Where do you order that book from, Roberta? I'm not sure, but I, I'm, I'm thinking the education department, the UAW. You call the okay. education department, it should be able to direct you on how you can order um, the guide to election committees. Is that out of Black Lake? No, uh, Detroit, Solidarity Detroit. House. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Roberta. Any, anything else, no. Roberta, on that? No. Okay, thank you. Uh, David, do you have anything else to add to that? Um, yeah. Um, the election committee, um, you're aware of uh, Local 23, 
um, Indy stamping and what happened down there um, when the International came in and circumvented the Elections Committee. Um, do you remember that issue happening? Yeah, it, it's a little vague to me at the moment, but I do remember them doing that. Um, what ended up happening there, um, the uh, membership were asked to do mail-in ballots. Um, they took the election right out from underneath the, the elections committee. And then on September 23rd of 2010, the membership uh, carried those mail-in ballots to the Halt Union Hall. Each member voted. They were given a button printed with consecutive numbers, um, material evidence to total votes cast. They pinned the button on their shirts, held the ballot just below their faces like a mug shot, then spoke into the video camera, my name is blank, and I voted no. 410 times. Um, that caused J.D. Norman to have to withdraw. Um, so um, that's just um, another um, thing that the International Union did. Um, that was under the uh, um, leadership of Bob King. Right. Yeah, our wonderful Bob King and our less wonderful Dennis Williams. Uh, that's a good example, David, of why when when elected to these positions, you need to be strong. You know, you need to be strong as an election committee person. You need to be strong as a constitutional convention delegate person because there's going to be enormous power and pressure put upon you to keep the people that are in charge there. But we're going to have, it's like our one young brother that's a member of this team said, when you have numbers, you don't need violence. We're going to have the numbers. We will have the numbers. We won't need the violence that some are, you know, reporting out there. We just need the numbers. And we're asking each and every brother and sister of this great union to begin to get involved so that you can take back your union, you can stop the suppression of wages and benefits, and regain the respectability in your community of being a Detroit 3 worker or a worker from the UAW in any measure. We need to grow that so that our numbers grow and others will want to come to our union in lines miles long. That needs to happen yet again. So uh, there's just, you know, we're not thought very highly of in the community these days. And our numbers are dwindling. That's one of the reasons why. Politicians know this. And we're losing authority with them at the local, state, and federal level. And we need to regain that so that we can take back our union and change the laws that have been put in place or redefined that have taken things away from us. First among those laws 
would be striker replacement. We need to end scabs doing our jobs if we go on strike. So having said that, um, that I think pretty much covers our agenda for this evening. Uh, we're a little early, uh, so uh, I'll start with Roberta. Do you have anything else you want to talk about uh, before we start to close the show? No, I, I re- really enjoyed the conversation today. Thank you, Roberta. Thank you for being on the show this evening. You know, uh, I know you can't make all of the shows, but you are a very uh, integral uh, part of of what we're doing and in the appeal process as well, and thank you so very much for that. We know that you have a very interesting issue that the members need to be educated on uh, that's ongoing in your plant. We won't get into it tonight at your request. Uh, because we don't want to taint the election in any way. But uh, we will cover that next week. So those of you listening now, uh, please uh, know that we're going to cover a very, very interesting uh, issue that has a lot of subject matter that should be pertinent to not only you as members, but to the times that we live in in this country and the world right now. So... Uh, having said that, uh, it's going to be a profound me- uh, show next week, and we look forward to that. And if you can uh, participate, Roberta, that would be wonderful. But we, I think we got a handle on it if you're unavailable uh, to get to the show. So thank you again for being here tonight. David, do you yeah. have anything else to add? Oh, thank you. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. No, nothing? Okay. So we're, we're a little early. It kind of makes up for some of these shows we've gone long on. Um, let me just start to uh, wrap up here a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, can, uh, you know, I, I haven't done this for a couple of weeks, but I should do it again. Uh, we, I should ask for a consensus vote on the IUAW. Is it providing true leadership uh, in expressing uh, acceptance and temperament to the larger community uh, and to the uh, the membership at large, and to the civil rights committees in this highly charged environment. Uh, is, you know, have they provided uh, uh, the environment to assure open, fair, and free democratic elections through the use of 21st century technology in the voting process at the local unions and at conventions? And I would ask uh, for your uh, opinion in a yay or nay vote from our two co-hosts this evening. Do you think they've uh, been successful in doing that, or have they been an abysmal failure? I would say um, a failure on their part, Leroy. Okay. Roberta, do you have an opinion? Well, I guess it depends. Um, so I'm going to not comment this week on that. Okay, thank you. Uh, so, uh, that, you know, I mean, I know you're still in the plant, so we have to consider that. Uh, I, I, uh, I vote that they haven't done a very good job. Uh, and that's uh, uh, two to one. That's uh, not a consensus. So we'll, we'll just say uh, that uh, by plurality, they don't uh, uh, have the opinion of this show at the moment. So having said that, um, uh, please remember that our show turns into a podcast after tonight, and you can listen to it on Blog Talk Radio, 
you can also listen, you can find us now on Twitter. Uh, we have a Twitter account uh, as well as Facebook and a, and a website, uh, workingforaliving.com. You can find us there and, and uh, get to the show. Uh, we're intending to have a link with iTunes and more uh, this week coming up. So you should be able to hear us on iTunes pretty soon, uh, hopefully by next week. Uh, and uh, remember that our email address is workingforaliving at workingforaliving.com. Uh, we invite you to follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Twitter, and on iTunes if you uh, have it and when we get it. Uh, if you found value in this show, please tell just one more person and, uh, about, about us, and that will help us to grow even more. Uh, we want to have a hearty shout-out to all of our friends in Brook Park, Flat Rock, Tonawanda, New York, Lordstown, Ohio, Flint, Michigan, Pontiac, Detroit, Bedford, Indiana, Lansing, Michigan, Toledo, Chicago, Kansas City, Fairfax, St. Louis, Wentzville, Arlington, down there in the break room, Chattanooga, Doraville, Georgia, Santa Cruz, California, everyone else around the country, Mexico, Canada, and the world who listen to us. Good night and stay safe in this coming week. It's been very interesting to live in our country at this time, so stay safe. Don't put yourself in harm's way. Everyone, good night, Roberta and Dave. Good night, Leroy, Roberta. Good night. Good night, Leroy. Good night, Dave. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. See you next week.